I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and other things. Like ableism. Yes. About a week ago, we got a tweet Mm -hmm. pointing out that we use a term that has outlived its usefulness. Yes. And that term is special needs. Mm -hmm. When the phrase was coined, it was a well-intended euphemism to encompass all types of disabilities needs that were unique and different from the quote-unquote norm. Mm -hmm. But like many euphemisms and many words that describe minority groups, Mm -hmm. it eventually became cliche. And once it passes cliche, it becomes derogatory. Yes, like the short bus. And this is the same thing that's happened with a lot of words that describe the queer community. And I was thinking about ways that that's happened with words like queer and how, you know, once upon a time it was just something different or unusual and then it became a derogatory term and now it's a reclamation term. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the phrase special needs will come full circle and become a reclamation term. I, I don't see a lot of the phrases that apply to the category of disabilities become reclaimed. I don't see a lot of people saying, I ride the short bus. Like, yeah, you know, I, I like, can see that. You can't say that, but I can, but you know. No, yeah, it just no, doesn't work. It doesn't. Good. And so at that point, you know, I started researching and I replied to the the original tweeter, the original poster or the the person who sent the tweet. Sent the tweet. Yes. We sure do words today. <laughs> and I asked, is there a preferred term? Because as an autistic person, I know that community, but that is the only disability and especially invisible disability community that I am very active with. And so I know there's stuff I don't know. That's autism. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And so I asked, you know, is there a preferred term? And I didn't really expect a reply. I mean, it's, you know, again, like with the queer community, you don't want to be everyone's educator. Well, some of us do. I mean, that's why I went into the profession. But, you know, it becomes exhausting to become everyone's educator. Depending on the topics, yes. And so I didn't have any expectation that the person would reply to us and say, hey, yeah, here's here's these other terms that are preferred. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to, you know, express an interest in that dialogue if the person was open to it. Yes. And then we started researching because we, it's by, not that person's by job. We, we, we mean you. Because no, that's that night you were sitting there looking on your phone longer than I did. And you came up with more words than I did, in fact. Well, I sure don't remember that, but okay. You were standing right over I here. I kind of do remember now that you say it. Okay, well, that's not our usual. <laughs> right. Know, you know? Right. Well, I wanted to know what you were supposed to say, and I was obviously way, way more awake than I am now, so... I did apparently do this thing Uh huh. that you're speaking of. So yeah, you looked up more words than I did. Okay. I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> and what you found, since you clearly don't remember. I do remember. Disability, and in particular, I was trying to figure out 
what I would say in regards to our son, because I want to make it clear, like if I'm dealing with police or something, that there's a bigger problem than, as you said, there's invisible disabilities. Yes. Autism and some of these invisible disabilities are not invisible to me, but they are to many people. Yes. And I didn't want a problem he was having not to be clear to uh, a police officer if one should be involved. Right. And so what did you come up so with for I, that? For that, I could find specifically his disability as developmental delay to, to specify to him, he is not going to be understanding us clearly. And, and I don't want things to get worse for him because he's not able to understand. So I want to make it clear to them that he has a developmental delay. Right. Yes. Now, that probably has a shorter shelf life than just the terminology disability, but... And from a classroom perspective, like as an educator, that would tell me that, you know, it's a spectrum of possible symptoms or disorders that are going to challenge his ability to learn or to... Yes, that's very specific. And to most of the police I've spoken to, on behalf of such individuals, it means, oh, they're not up to par with where I'm going to be talking from if I'm just going to be talking, you know, like to a naughty teenager mm-hmm. versus a developmentally delayed teenager. Right. This is a different situation. Yes. Me be, and they take a more gentler approach. Typically right. so. Typically so. Not always. Uh, yeah. Well, we know that, don't we? It's um, typically so with white boys like him. Okay. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And specifically, his developmental delay, because it's caused by meth, it has a lot of similarities with like fetal alcohol syndrome. And that was the other thing I started looking up was, are there groups for teens or young adults who are growing up with fetal drug exposure? Because I wanted to see if I could take the temperature of those communities, find those subreddits, find those forums, find those communities and observe to see, you know, I is there language that they prefer, but it's tricky. And I can't find any specifically, you know, FAS has a long established set of symptoms and developmental outcomes and quantifying each aspect of development, cognitive development, personal judgment, and consequential thinking, and physical development, and like all these areas where, you know, a kid who's 13 might be 13 in one area, but might be six in another and eight in another. And there are well-established groups and supports for that. But with meth babies, and I hate to use that term, but I don't know any other. Children exposed to methamphetamines in utero? There you go. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I don't like the term meth babies. It just sits wrong with me because... It's a shortened... It is a shortened... It's a a short version of what I said. It is, but he's no longer a baby. And a lot of these children who were conceived and born during the meth boom in the 90s and early aughts are, you know, coming of age. And I expected there might be some... I try not to think about that, but you know... (laughs) Well, and the thing is, you know, I mean, the generation immediately above that, the generation just below me, were the generation of quote unquote crack babies, which had this huge racist stereotype and never turned out to be half as bad as everyone thought it was going to be. 
No, crack babies are way better than FAS babies. They're way better off. And again, that term, you know, they're not babies. And the way that the term was used with racist overtones, meth baby is used with classist overtones. It's poor white redneck hicks that make the meth babies. In these parts, anyway. Well, around, yeah. So we're working on words. And we're working on trying to figure out how to help our kid understand what his disability is. And that's the other reason I wanted to find a community of... I find it very unlikely we're going to find an online community of FAS or FAE, fetal... FDE? FDE, fetal drug exposure children. They are not gathering there to read and type to each other. Well... Just saying. That's the other concern. (laughs) You know, like FAS I can find because they have advertised groups that generally parents or caregivers will take their teens or young adults to. Mm -hmm. They have specific adult daycare programs. They have specific, you know, um, job training programs, things like that. I'm sure they're not around here. No. Okay. But... That's why I went looking is because I want to find other adolescents and young adults like him so that we can destigmatize some of his disability because he'll tell you he doesn't have a disability. When you're talking to someone who has a disability, you want to generally use, you know, person first language was one of the first things that you found, mm-hmm. except there are some people who identify with their disability, so they'll use identity first language. Like I'll say, I am an autistic yes, person. Yes, but that's the privilege of the person who is talking about themselves. Right. It is not the privilege of the person talking about another person. And if we ask our boy, how does he want to be described as a person with a disability? He'll say, I ain't got no disability. It ain't nothing wrong with me. And so to destigmatize in his own head some of those challenges where he can learn to address them because he doesn't see them as some devaluation of his personhood. Mm-hmm. I haven't found them yet, but I put out feelers to other people who work for the state and would be aware of those things. And they're putting out their feelers as well. So there we have it. I've heard person first language used in the queer community as well. Mm-hmm. Like there are a number of trans people who say that they are a person of trans experience, a woman of trans experience, I a like man. That. I like that. See, and the funny thing about that is like I've heard other people who are like, well, but you're, you know, it, trans is an adjective. And, you know, you could say that your experience is trans, or you could say that your personhood is trans. And again, it comes back to that person first or person centered and letting the person in question choose for themselves. Mm-hmm. So we could say that you are a man of trans experience and you like that. Mm-hmm. I would say I am a genderqueer person. Yes. I found it's mostly the binary people, binary trans people, the the men and the women who like the of trans experience better because it focuses the identified gender first. You're a man of trans experience. That's not what I was thinking. I was thinking that is part of my life, but I am not only that person. Yeah. That is the inexperience in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the way that sounds. Speaking of trans experiences, you just got your blood work done. I did. Terrible segue. <laughs> yeah, well, it is an experience. It is an experience, and, and it is a decidedly trans experience. It, it is when it's blood work, it's labs that the endocrinologist has ordered. Mm-hmm. Because those labs have to have your diagnosis on them, and those diagnoses are transsexual and so forth. Speaking of words that outlived cliche to become potentially derogatory. Right. 
So I had a bit of an adventure, as I often do. Yes. Uh, getting the labs done because I hurt my shoulder right after I saw the endocrinologist. and mm-hmm. So I didn't go right away for the labs. And then I went to my sister's, but then I got sick and then we had a pandemic. So I didn't get there for a while. And then I thought, you know, I don't feel very good on the day before and the day during my shot. Because you get your shot at the end of that day. Yes. And I was having a really hard time. I was tired on those days. I was very unmotivated. And I thought, I wonder how much of this could be a testosterone thing. And so I suggested the topical one again. Right. That hold me over. Mm-hmm. Did it the work? Shot. It did. It's not great, but it's definitely better than not anything. It's like, if all you have is aspirin, you're going to take some aspirin. Right. You know, it might not be as good as some type of anti-inflammatory, but it will be helpful mm-hmm. more than not. Well, there you go. So it, it was somewhat helpful because I didn't want to increase my testosterone back. I had gone down a little because um, some time ago, which I'd have to look through our podcast to figure out the timeline <laughs> of, uh, I know my my levels were like this last year mm-hmm. and maybe the year before. And he didn't like it the year before, I thought, that they were he wanted a more around the six hundreds. Your your testosterone overall. Yes. Okay. Overall testosterone. And a lot of guys I knew had been on, on T for, you know, three to five years had gone a little bit lower with their dose. Yeah, the, the maintenance dose is not the same as the therapeutic dose. The dose well, that triggers it, changes. It it varies. May or may not. Yeah. It really varies for people. And I didn't want them to take away my testosterone. So I I lowered it, even though it wasn't that much. Like what the doctor said to me is, I'm going to leave the prescription as it is, but just take like half a cc less. Mm -hmm. And I did a little more than that for a while, just because it was high enough that I didn't want to start having other health problems. It was like 800 and he didn't like that. Problem was the perceived threat of having testosterone reduced on you, which it's... Ah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then... um general health problems from anywhere from high blood pressure to, um, which I'm quite sure is actually all about children, but um, (laughs) to any varied thing that could be a problem, like a stroke or something like that. Okay. So just in, in, you know, caution. And I just, I kind of stayed there not thinking about maybe that's getting a little too low now, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think we had considered... Going up a little, and then there was problems getting the tea for a while. That was last year. Yeah, there so, was. So. Anyhow, I had to go get the labs. That's where we were at. Yes. And I'm at the lab place. And um, and you were waiting I to, did this a few times. to do this going, like, with your dose, as your doctor said, you know, I'm prescribing you this much, but you can go below that if you feel that that's appropriate. Yes. And so you weren't wanting to go back up until after you had your labs. Right. Okay. And to make sure that I wasn't, I didn't, I needed some science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. So. I like when you use the science. Yeah, it's helpful. So um, I thought they were in my car because that's usually where I keep them. That's my file for labs. The lab orders? Side pocket of the, you know, driver's side door. Okay. But they weren't. So the first time I went, I thought they were in the computer and they weren't. Because generally we're in a large system that covers our region and they send these things digitally to the lab. Well, my doctor is not in that system. So, but the helpful person at the very far away lab I went to because there was no place to get an appointment early in the morning because we're having a pandemic and 
Mm-hmm. You have to have an appointment. Um, so I had to drive really far, but she was great because she said, if you can get your doctor's office to fax it to me today, I can scan it into your chart mm-hmm. and then it'll be there. Oh, that's great. And I explained to her that I couldn't come the next day because I was having my shot that night. And right. So I would have to schedule for the following week unless I could do a walk-in because now we were, you know, starting to have that option. Yes. At the time I scheduled it, we were not. Mm-hmm. So she did that for me. But, you know, that's all on there. That's all that. Uh, I didn't have the copy of it, so I can't tell you exactly what it said. I know it says transsexual, and it says some other things that are gender identity oriented. And um, on transition as, as identifiers for your lab work. Yes. Okay. Testosterone draw, so forth. It's interesting to me that sometimes my my lab work papers come back as testosterone draw for female, and sometimes they come back as for male. So I don't know if they even know what they're doing. It's always a question, right? But um, why is it the, like the that? only it's difference? The, same... the only difference is the reference ranges that they apply. Yes, but it's the same doctor. So I don't that's know. That's nuts. So maybe that's why. Now that I say that out loud. Maybe that's why the lab tech who was uh, taking my paperwork and information and then had me go sit in the lab chair. And then she came in there and she was trying to be very quiet. Mm-hmm. She was respectful, quiet. Mm-hmm. Discreet. And saying, discreet, yes, that thing. And uh, <laughs> came over to me and said, you know, I just want to check because I'm filling out the screens and I just need to check that I have it correct that your transition is female to male. And I said, yes, I am male, so it is female to male transition. Yes. And um, and she said, okay, I just, I needed to double check because I want to make sure I'm filling out the screens right. And I, I don't, I don't like it. No. You know, I mean, I already know I'm different. I already know I'm the, a trans person. I also know at the same time that, that my experience as a trans person makes me, a, I think, a better person than I would have been as a cis person. Okay. You know, I, I will 100% giving, give you that, especially having met your family. I was going to say, <laughs> considering my family's history and most cis people who don't have to be aware of many, many things. Right. So there's that, but it's uncomfortable. And she was aware that that was going to be uncomfortable. So that was helpful. But um, yeah, you know, just not, not my favorite part. Probably also was in the back of my mind when I didn't get the lab work sooner. You know, oh, I'll do that later. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it yet. And then I get a hurt shoulder and then I, you know, the hurt shoulder has been a problem since the first week in the February. So it's been mm. a major problem most of the year. Yes. Yeah. So that was a, a very big distraction. And then, of course, there's a global pandemic. So, you know. So what did your blood work actually come back as? My testosterone overall was in the four somethings, like only 438 or... So mid to low 400s. Mid to low 400s, yeah. So you can definitely go back up towards that top limit that yeah. your doctor prescribed for Yeah. Yeah, and you and I are very cautious about that, so it's done by hairline marks. (laughs) You're drawing it, but you're asking me very precisely. Oh, yes. Do you want the top of the four line halfway between, closer to four, closer to five? Yeah, so we're going to inch in that direction, and I'll, I'll be able to notice that by how my Mondays and Tuesdays are going. We will see. We gave you your first higher dose this past yes. Tuesday night. so One, one high, hair higher. One hair higher. Than last time. Actually, it was probably a hair above that too, because the last time I had gone at the top of four instead of the bottom of four, so. I don't know. Um, yeah, and see, 
that was probably just too too low because he said half and we went almost a whole. Well, you were concerned about like... I was concerned because... You have a family history of a lot of health problems that are also related to testosterone, so... Yes. So it's understandable. Testosterone people don't do well in my family. So you can be cautious. I won't mind. Well, and the other thing is that I've had a high heart rate you for have. quite a while. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. So, but it seems that the aspirin has really made a difference. Well, and I was good. talking to my work wife about that today, which I meant to mention in the previous conversation mm-hmm. uh, about explaining to my work wife the uh, disability information. But but I mentioned to my work wife, the aspirin seems to help the heart rate. And she said her sister takes it for blood clots and it helps. And it's only one tiny little aspirin every day. Right. So that could be a bigger solution. And maybe my doctor didn't think I needed it because it was working. Yeah. And he didn't realize that that was working. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but just stepping back for a second to the disability things, um, I did explain to my work wife that you know, saying special needs is like saying short bus and it's, you know, not the way to approach things at this stage. And and she was like, oh, well then what do you say? Because she wants to know. Mm -hmm. So we talked about what I had found, which now you've reminded me that I found out. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. So she was very interested in that too. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully that's nice and short. Yeah. For you to edit. Yeah. Since we waited so long concise for our listeners for Mm. all of you friends out there is that it i think that's it okay we'd love to hear from you so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website transpantastic.net don't forget to subscribe in stitcher itunes or your favorite podcatcher and leave us reviews and star ratings Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. There we go. I think we're good. What is that? Hump up? He says, I don't know, but it concerns me. Everything concerns you, Bob. Clocks. Hey, why don't you come on this side? Come here. Come on, over here. Clocks are put away. Okay. All right. Are you still ready? Yes. Good. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. When the word was coined as a well-intended euphemism... Is it a word? The phrase? Phrase. Thank you. Combination of words. Group of words. Mm -hmm. Phrase. Okay. So when the phrase was coined... Hello, helicopter. I wonder what they're doing. It's fire season. Yeah, but there's no fire, is there? There's one way down south. There's not one near us. Then what are they doing? Checking for a fire? There be, might have been one that recently started. It would be or, satellite. But um, anyhow, let's go back to what we were doing. Anyway, by Hugalopter. 
So was there anything else gendery or the only other thing I had in my notes was end of the world dreams, but we still had responsibilities. And I think we already talked enough about other things. We don't need to launch into a whole third topic. So of end of the we how we were both having end of the world dreams. No, no, I was going to say something, but my mouth didn't cooperate. Go ahead and say it again. Never mind. I can't remember what the sequence. It was something to do with the theme of the world right now is end of the world. So yeah, yeah. So is that it then? Oh, you're yawning. I'll wait. When you're done yawning, ask me if that's it. I was trying to be done yawning, but it was not happening. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>